Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out this week's episode of O. Jeremiah Talks. Uh, we talk about the new documentary from Taylor Swift. It's called The Long Pond Studio Sessions. Uh, we've talked about Taylor before, and she's so big you can't – I mean, she had, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to discuss. But we talked specifically about her new documentary on Disney Plus with Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff. It's really great. It's a great look at making music in a pandemic, um, but to, like, the highest level you can do that. Uh, we also talk about the movie Home Alone, Getting in the Christmas Spirit – and then we talk about uh, more Christmas stuff, basically, just trying to get you in that Christmas zone. And then uh, there's a moment where we talk about deeper stuff and just kind of like going over Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff. This is definitely a more of a personal, um, hey, come into our apartment and hang out with us vibe. So hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. Oh, Jeremiah talks Christmas stuff. Here we go. I wanted to be you talking on the intro. I I would like to start this episode with a hot take. Of Thanksgiving, the worst holiday. Second? <laughs> <laughs> That's just because we've had bad experiences on Thanksgiving. You know how, I think I, I think I mentioned this to you, you know how on Friends, every big season is the Thanksgiving episode? That's like what that show was famous for? Yeah, you were telling me about this. I feel like you and I have a marriage where that is true for us, but but opposite. Did Okay, here's my question. Like, if our story was a TV show, one of us would die every Thanksgiving. <laughs> Right. That's how I feel. I bet I bet one of us is going to die on Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. In real life. From a poisoned turkey. Yes. That I made. The only way we're going to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I okay. Can I ask you this, though? Is there. I wish you would. Oh, I'm happy to see oh, you. Oh, you're feisty. I am feisty. <laughs> I'm happy to see you. Go ahead. I've. I really like the way you have rearranged this room, by the way. I just need to tell you Isn't that. this so much better? Yeah, I like also being able to like stare at the door. I like to see my exit. So I have been slowly changing our second bedroom of our apartment into a recording studio in a way that feels like an actual recording studio because I've always had the computer, I've always had the microphones, but I'm always very aware I'm in a bedroom. So I'm always rearranging this room. I think this is the seventh iteration of what I'm trying to build this room to be. It's not done. It's definitely not done. Well, we might even move next year, but you're you're going to do this one more time. I don't think I don't think I can. Here's I've also, accepted. Also, it's not our bedroom. It's the it's guest not. bedroom. We are legitimately in an apartment that has an extra bedroom, and it is our guest room. This is, I think, technically the master because it's bigger. It's way bigger than our regular. But now we fit. Now this room has become a gym, a studio, a guest bedroom. Yep, and we don't uh, we don't have a lot merchandise of inventory. Yeah, this is whatever. the this is the OG or Meyer room. The other room is our bedroom where we sleep. Okay. So, I've I've gotten to I've just I'm building a bunch of sound panels. I'm I just got all these new microphones. My amp set up like yeah. This is the room where our Mellotron lives. Like all, this is what I'm trying to turn into my cre like my creative haven. What's weird is that I don't teach in here, and that was the initial plan. But then I like just teaching in the living room because it's more open and parents can have a place to sit. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wait. Go back to Thanksgiving. What I was going to ask is, in our years of dating, because like we were we were together for like three or four Thanksgivings before we started dating, were any of those bad? Uh, I think. Being married, you never... Because the first married one was terrible. The first married one was terrible. But were they terrible before we got married? I think so for me because 
anytime you're not married or anytime you're with someone, someone's family that is not your family, it is at least 70% awkward. And <laughs> no matter how much you want to be one of the gang, you always feel like you're outside of the joke. Yeah. And everyone else is like in on it. And I think in that way, like I wanted, I wanted to impress your family. I wanted them to think that I wasn't this just goofy songwriter, wannabe, whatever, that I think I let that kind of control my mental like faculties during that. Yeah. And so I, it was probably terrible in a different way, but I would say this year and two years ago, it was like legitimately terrible. Uh, we buried my great grandmother the day after Thanksgiving. What a weird way to phrase that. Uh, but it's, uh, is there a more accurate way? Go, no, it's, it's true. Yeah. Just, okay. Continue. But is it, and with like the logistics, my alternator died as we pulled into the, uh, Hattiesburg on our way to Laurel and it was either get the car fixed or make it to the funeral and we just risked it and we drove 40 miles with a bad alternator in the pouring rain in the pouring rain no it was in like in as close to hail weather as you can get it was like really really noodles freaking slept through the whole thing because she's perfect she's an angel she's, she's probably perfect. pretending to be asleep to make us less nervous yeah so you know but uh, we made it back and we got to spend a lot of time with my actual grandmother, not my great-grandmother, my, my grandmother. We call her Memal because we are Southern. Uh, and that was one of the highlights of the last five years for me. That getting to was spend a time, serious bonding moment with Getting her. to spend time with a woman that I've never gotten to spend quality one-on-one time with. Because we stayed with her. Because Have you, you ever stayed at her house? Whenever I was a little kid. Yeah. But we legitimately got to watch her... Like be my be more than my grandmother. Like we got to see her be Sandy. She you know? suddenly became the head of the family when her, this weekend. Yeah, she really did. We watched that happen, and we also, her husband is not living anymore. Your grandfather died whenever you were younger, so she lives alone, and she had to handle this weekend. I don't know it. It just felt like she was kind of alone in it. So you and I were kind of with her the whole time. You know who she reminds me of. In a lot of ways. Can I tell you the only thing I regret, though, really quick, is that we didn't sit with her on the same pew at the funeral. Well, I, that seemed like it would have been almost like... Overstepping. Overstepping. I know, but it... Because she I sat wanted, with her sister. I just wanted to walk with her because, well, her sister had her husband to walk with. True. And I just like... But then I also wanted... No one was walking with your mom, and your mom has like a broken foot, so I like stayed behind. There is... It felt the like... The Stricklands are falling apart. It felt like I was... I had been in your family for years this past weekend yeah. because I like, like the funeral director asked me, are you the daughter? And I was like, no, I'm like, I'm like way down the line of important people right yeah, now. Yeah. On the family tree, I'm one of the acorns that fell. But was he asking if I was your great grandmother's daughter? No, no. She was asking if you were my great grandmother. <laughs> because listen, there's a good 70 years difference between me and those people. I mean, you get why you would assume. No, it kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> but my memo on this trip, she reminded me a lot of you. Oh, weird. In that she is so calm. She is so collected. And when Ooh. she talks, people listen. Because mm -hmm. you don't talk that much. I mean, except on a podcast. <laughs> but right. Like, she is so direct, and she's so she's such a great listener. She's very honest. She's very honest. Um, she's just, and she's she doesn't take up, like, she is an atmosphere. She is an environment within herself. She makes me feel calm just being in the room. Like, I'm describing you 
You know what I mean? Well, I take that as a compliment. That's very kind. Well, Sandy Barnett is is an angel, and so are you. Thank you. Okay, so last night we watched the Taylor Swift uh, Long Pond session. Long, Long Pond? Is it called Long Pond? Now I forgot. I keep wanting to call it Frog Pond because of... Uh, because of Silver Hill, Alabama. Yeah, the venue. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right, though. So I definitely had to make sure that we said that right. The Long Pond Studio Sessions. And that's Aaron Dessner's studio. That is Aaron Dessner's studio. Every I cannot get over... Taylor Swift had a meeting with her creative team, and they said, how can we make the most Jeremiah Strickland is going to fall in love with this album ever? No. Did you know she didn't even tell her label until a week before she released it? Yeah, I did or know that because I also watched the Long Pond Sessions. Shoot, was it a week before she released it? That's what she said in the documentary. Or a week before she decided to do it. I think Who it was knows? Before. But she just like didn't include the label a ton in the decision-making process. And she just went for it. And it's so good. I think it does a really good job. So the the whole documentary goes to the studio where she recorded, or it's not even where she recorded it. It basically it shows the the trajectory of her new album Folklore by going to Aaron Dessner's studio and her Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff perform the album together for the first time. For the time first time. Because, because <laughs> whoa. Hey, pinch poke. Uh because <laughs> They never met to make the album. All Taylor of it was done remotely. Yeah, Taylor did what we did. I mean, she copied us. That, but you know, I I regret regret, uh, like second guessing her saying that she did it remotely. I'm like, no way. She has so much. There's not. That's not true. But it turned. I mean, if that video like is if, true, she like had footage of her setting up her own home mic studio. Yeah, and there's this this part of the video where she's like setting up her microphones and she's like talking to Jack remotely, and you're like, yeah, that's what it probably feels like being that's Taylor Swift did. and working with Jack Antonoff in a pandemic. Justin Vernon is in the live thing uh, remotely. He didn't actually make it up to the Long Pond Studio for the live performance of it, but he, we don't. They didn't explain it, which was weird to me. But he had like a bandana mask on while he was singing, and I told Jeremiah that like. Maybe, because whenever you hear that recording, he does sound a little bit muffled. Maybe because of COVID, he actually recorded that way. And that wouldn't surprise me. Justin Vernon is, I followed him for so long now. Like he was in that initial splash of like the new folk wave. And I fell in love with him instantly when Skinny Love like just ripped the music scene apart. Uh, He is very much that kind of creator. Like I want to feel this from every part of me. And it would not surprise me if he said, oh, this song makes me feel like it's in a pandemic. I want to I want to wear that physically so I can feel it emotionally. Like, that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Or he could have just been like, oh, this matches my outfit. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it could have been as simple as that. But Well, it's, it seemed like a statement. It, it seemed like it, too, because he was literally in his own home studio and there was no one around. Like it, I mean, except the camera guy. So, like, he may have been, like, protecting the camera guy. You know? Who knows? Who knows? They I, don't address it. He never gets to be interviewed for it. But you don't need to because his performance is amazing in he it. He might not have wanted to. Uh, Taylor Swift was, like, hesitant to ask him to do it because she thought that he wouldn't want to do it. And they do, you know, Taylor Swift, she can't just release music and that be it. There has to be, like, all these stories behind it. There has to be all this drama. And one of the things that the documentary revealed is that her boyfriend 
uh, helped co-write some of the songs, and that was one of the songs. So he was in the other room, and he started singing that song, and it got Taylor like really excited. So then they wrote it together, and then they invited Justin Vernon in, and he wrote the bridge, and it just like the song kind of came together that way. He also helped to write Betty. N- no. Uh, oh, the boyfriend did. Yes, yeah. I thought you meant Justin Vernon. Sorry. Uh, yes, Betty, which to me is like the best Taylor Swift Who's song. Who's your boyfriend? I can't. His name's Joe something. I don't really know. Yeah, he's in. I, he was in the the Netflix documentary. Was he? Yeah, he was in it for like a second. Oh, you're. Right. That's the same guy. Same guy. I oh. think. I don't know. I don't know enough about Taylor Swift. I love her new album because of Aaron Dessner and because of Jack Antonoff. I like Taylor Swift. I have nothing against Taylor Swift, but. I, the National is my favorite band. Mm-hmm. Jack Antonoff is my favorite producer. Mm-hmm. And the two of them coming together, it was like, I'm going to fall in love with this album. I didn't fall in love with the album. I did really love that documentary, though. I fall in love with her more and more every time she releases something. Yeah, I would and agree I, with that. I love hearing her talk about... the. She was describing her lyrics like so well in the documentary or whatever you want to call that. Like, I really appreciated her explanation of everything. And what was the song that... She said it started out as like her wondering what her grandfather went through in a war of like having like going through something so horrific that you can't ever speak about it again. Hey, I can tell you keep talking. And then she made the uh, the parallel to, okay, there's like nurses and frontline workers right now during COVID that are probably going through such traumatic things that they don't want to ever speak of it again. And she has that epiphany. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it talks about like a 20 minute break is like all the nurses have to like regroup and think about what they just went through. And then they have to, there's something about touching through plastic. Like I would have had no idea that that was about COVID. Yeah. I think Taylor Swift always has a really good hand on the pulse of culture. I think she is very, like she pays attention to what's going on. Yeah. She and she does so a, well. she does a really good job like being being beside culture and being above it too, like, or being connected to it too. Like I just, I think that she's very conscious of what's going on. And I think that she's got an unusual sense of reality, having so much money. Yeah. Whenever she's talking about like what it meant to be a frontline worker, I'm like, how the heck would you know? Cause she's like, she's been rich since she was like 15. I know, but it's still like really cool how she just has like a, it seems like an understanding of everything. Yeah. Or of, of human perspective. Really right. Well. I think that this album will go down in like in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years as like one of the most fascinating case studies of the music business during this time. Well, and it was also really cool to see because I've never seen her live, but whenever you I've seen a lot of footage of her live and it's, I you thought know, you said you saw her open for Brad Paisley. Oh my goodness. I have seen her. Yeah. Why did you just lie to yourself? That's weird. I guess because I haven't seen her in her big showy, you know, over the year. Yeah, that's right. Because I've only seen her. Wow, I can't believe I've seen her. That's amazing that I can say that. <laughs> um, I mean, you hardly didn't say it. <laughs> I know. Well, she opened for Brad Paisley and she was like literally just her and a guitar. As many times as I've heard you tell people this story, it's amazing to me that you're like, I've never seen Taylor Swift before. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, why did I do that? But what I'm saying is like after she got big which was very soon after that tour that i saw yeah all of the shows became light fog uh big machines, production big, big like production. shimmery outfits very elaborate things and these this session the long pond session is literally just her sitting on a couch singing 
no big production at all. Right. And I think that's so cool. She's got a great vo- I really love her voice. I think I think when we can play shows again, I think I want it to be like that where it is so intimate and it is so no frills. It is just like the three of them sitting and playing those songs and it's like, "Oh, this is everything." Like you don't you don't need the big the big production. Like it's literally just her describing the songs and they tell stories of, you know, what it was like to never meet before they played the or never meet in person before they recorded the album yeah. like that was it was just really special like i think it's the perfect covid record and i was very engaged with the whole session i thought it was so cool yeah cuz i like cuz after each song they they describe the next one also she does a really good job well we can we can wrap with this i think you know how you see a band that is like really small and then they hit a big break and then they change so much like, one of my favorite artists is going through this right now. Like, I loved him when he was a tiny artist. And he is, like, now he's, like, doing photo shoots with Sean Mendez. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is, like, what... And, like, I don't like his stuff as much anymore. But Taylor Swift navigates stardom so well that, like, she plays it like an instrument at this point. But you... Everyone said that about her before, though, of she's changed too much. Think about how much she has changed. She started. She no, no, literally. My my argument isn't. Paisley no, no. My I'm not saying you shouldn't get big and you won't change. I get that, but like there is a way to change that it like oh suits you that suits you that that move like 1989 sure. is like it suited her. Yeah, but yeah, I guess so. Bad reputation. Everyone was not. Everyone freaked out on. I just didn't like that record. But. Well, and your friend that's with, or your person that you know that's with Sean Mendez, like, you're, 10 years from now, you might say he made a really good transition. Yeah. I'm definitely getting more comfortable uh, wearing the clothes of my, like, theology right now. Yeah. And whenever they don't fit, I'll change and then wear something else. And that's okay. I think I think it's one of those things where you look back on and realize that it suited them really well. Yeah. And, like, people just change, like... Everyone goes through different phases of listening to different music. So, of course, you're going to be influenced by something different whenever you create something. Of course. That's just what it is. Okay. So, can we talk about Home Alone? What do you want? You you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. One of the nights when we were at your your folks' house, we were just having movie night. Yeah, it was the night before Thanksgiving. It was the night before Thanksgiving. And I realized that I hadn't seen Home Alone in forever. And we were trying to get into the Christmas spirit movie watching mode. And uh, it may have been me. It may have been someone else that suggested Home Alone. So we watched that movie. And I haven't seen that movie in at least 10 years. Yeah, I don't recall ever seeing all of it. I know I probably have as a kid, but it's been so long. And... Man, the scene where he's, like, combing his hair in the bathroom, what an iconic moment. Yeah, for sure. I would say when I watch movies like that, there are specific ones that I'm like, that just does not hold up. You had to be there. You had to be a kid when that movie came out. And I feel that way in some ways to this movie, but more so I can't get over how good of a movie it is. Like, the humor doesn't age as well. But the writing of yep. that movie ages so well. My brother-in-law was cracking up at it, well, which was so fun to me. Yeah, like, and it, it because it's still very funny. I don't I don't know how to how do I say this? Nineties comedy 
doesn't necessarily sit the same way as as comedy does now. It's very slapsticky. It's very over the top. But a lot of physical humor. But this movie is mostly that. <laughs> it's it's mostly that. But the the clever writing, like as fr- from like a a screenplay aspect, this movie is bulletproof. Did a really good job. Also, we did not know until watching it this time because we looked it up. John Williams. John Williams did the score. John Williams did the score. What the heck? Because that's the first time I've ever like truly paid attention to the music, and I was blown away by it. Like I was like, the the orchestration in this is just like so good. Yeah, John Williams did the score, and then uh, Joe Pesci is the bad guy. Yeah, he's the shorter guy, right? He's the short guy, and he was in that movie. What did I say? He was in a lot, but no, he's in. I mean, he's like one of the like big. Oh, gangster he was nominated actors. last year for. Uh, Irishman? The Irishman, yeah. yeah. And uh, the 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 scenes I'm thinking of that I think are so, so clever, uh, the scene where he plays the VHS tape of the of the black and white movie of um, shooting the machine gun to scare off the robbers. Yes. That, and then, like, he, like, rewinds the tape to, like, fit the dialogue or whatever. It's just, like, so clever. Like, even now, I'm like, I don't, I can't think of a movie now that is as clever as this scene is. Was that a that wasn't a Joe Pesci movie that... No. No, that wouldn't make sense. No, that wouldn't make sense. Okay, never mind. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really love that. I, I cannot get over how freaking violent that one 20-minute or 15-minute sequence of Yeah, the, y'all were making some loud noises watching that. Because he's... One of the burglars steps on the nail, mm-hmm. and then he falls down the stairs. Yep. He gets... Um, the falls get me. He gets hit in the head with a hot iron... From from a floor up. The paint can. What was it Mythbusters that Rob said that they've done, they've yeah. run tests on all of those things and you would totally be dead? I watched, a, uh, I watched a YouTube clip of how that scene would look like if blood was involved. And Ew. it's a horror movie. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Especially, well, even whenever they get shot by the BB, I don't know. Um my yeah, sister said it, it's, there's... That scene starts with getting shot in the face with a BB gun. Well, and there's a documentary on how that was made, right? I need to see that. And then also my sister said that there's a podcast describing how that, that movie was made. Yeah, because that movie was huge at the time, and it still holds up as huge. Can you imagine being so big that there's a podcast about how it was made and a documentary? I can't stop thinking about how... Can you imagine being that famous that young? I know. Because Macaulay Culkin... I'm sure he's done something since then. Yeah. But he will always be known as the Home Alone kid. Always. His always. face is very iconic. His face is iconic. His brother, Kieran Culkin, is in our favorite show, Succession. Well, a show. <laughs> uh, it's my favorite show. Okay. You love it, yeah. And Moira Rose, our two... That is crazy. Our two worlds colliding. Our two worlds collided. Do, 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 yeah. Do. Yeah. That was uh, good. Oh, she was... She, it was just fun to see her... And know that that oh my goodness she's my favorite you know she, yeah and she uh, she was classy in the nineties babe we're not done with Shit's Creek I know your your turn watching it and we need to finish it we're doing great we're on season five yeah we did have there's a only week a off. season and a half to go what are you worried about I just want to make sure you watch we it. may finish it this week I think we should slow your roll girl I think we, we should it. Jeremiah we got it what's your favorite scene of Home Alone my favorite scene in Home Alone. Hmm, great question. Uh, one of the scenes that I, I kept waiting for was in Home Alone 2. Because he wasn't in Home Alone 3, but he's in Home Alone 2, and it's got the same cast in Home Alone 2. Who, so we got to watch that. Who wasn't in 
Macaulay Culkin, I don't think it's any of the original cast in Home Alone 3. That's so weird. I mean, it may be, I mean, it may be there's right. the parents are in it or whatever, but I know Macaulay Culkin isn't in it. Can we watch the second one this week? We totally need to watch the second one this week. Uh, that's the one in New York with the pigeons? Yeah. Okay. I love, um, I love the scene. I'm mean, honestly, I love the scene where they, they break in and uh, I, uh, I like the, I never understood why that he didn't call the cops for a long time. Cause you're like, Oh, there's a burglar call the cops. And in the at the beginning of the movie, he steals something from a store by accident, and well, he thinks the cops are after him. Does he do it by accident, or is he just scared? He, or why there's he this other it? character that you think is a villain that comes into the store when he's there. Macaulay Culkin's character thinks that he's trying to to get him. The older guy? The older guy. So he takes off from the store, and he still has a toothbrush in his hand. That's right. That's right. And okay. the, he, so that's why he never calls the cops. That's a reach, but I, I that's finally That's what underst- Rob said. Yeah, I finally yeah. understood, like, oh, that's why he never called He's the cops. He's scared of getting caught. Yeah, caught. because if you're a kid, just call the cops. You're in Chicago. Like, the cops will come or But whatever. he, like, timed it to where the cops would come to the neighbor's house? Yes. That's how uh, the the wet bandits or whatever that's they were called. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. This, the thing that... So whenever he's in the treehouse and he like goes across the zip line, yeah, and then the burglars are like after him. Rob made a really good point. He's like, "Why don't you just go back to the front door and like walk up the treehouse to get to him instead of trying to climb the rope?" Yeah, and that's that '90s thing that doesn't really. Like, add oh, up. I have to do this. I have to follow. Like, this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah and also like the. They they just did such a good job of being genuine in their acting of like being surprised whenever something bad happened, because if you're in a house that's clearly full of traps, you're either gonna leave or you're gonna be careful of traps. But they never once like looked around and be like, oh shoot, there's a bucket of paint coming for me. Right. You know what I mean? It is legitimately that at least that scene is legitimately like the the real life version of Tom and Jerry. Yeah. It is just like yes, that's why it's so good. Yeah, that's it is. It is a slapsticky and yeah. is, but like cleverly done. Yeah, you know, it's all that stuff. We're all talking about how, my nephew is three and a half, and we're all talking about how we can't wait till he gets old enough to where he can watch that and understand it because he's gonna think that is like the most genius thing in the world. And it is. Home Alone. It's a good one. Yeah. Got our Christmas tree. We did it. A week earlier, a week earlier isn't as early as we anticipated to do. My goal was November 1. Yeah, a lot of places just weren't selling them yet. And I know where we're going to go next year. I You wouldn't go back to the same place? I don't know that I would. Okay, because I, I have never can... been to a Christmas tree farm before. I felt like a kid in a candy store, like, oh my goodness, this one's Carolina Sapphire. And this one is Ficus. You see... Okay, we were so close to the... So I grew up next to a Christmas tree farm. Like, literally one turn, like half a mile from where I grew up. It is a Christmas card come to life. It is beautiful. Yeah. It's I, I'd say it's one of the best ones I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. And um, I didn't know this, but my dad told me that the church that we grew up in gets a really tall one from that Christmas tree farm every year for free. Because one year he was like, hey... You know you have your sign on my property, right? And he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you need a tree, just come get yeah, one. We'll get you a tree." So they get like a ginormous one every year for the church that I grew up in for free because he's put the sign on our, my dad's property and whatever. Yeah, they. Oh, it's so cute, and they do everything so well. It's like 
organized of that i don't know and i found out recently that he has like log cabins in the back of the farm for people to rent out for vacation and my dad thinks that's like the silliest thing ever but i'm like dad you're like close to the beach you're close to like Fairhope. like this is actually a really great location and i bet it's adorable yeah uh i would stay on a christmas tree farm because of the whimsy of it i would too it does it just doesn't get cold enough in the south yeah. Like, if I'm on a Christmas tree farm, it better be snowing right now. I know. Did you know it's, like, snowing in Nashville today? Oh, my gosh. It's a chilly week. They yeah. have everything. Right. Uh, but I, but now that I know Kofers, which is a local plant shop here in Athens, now that I know that they have Christmas trees, I kind of want to do that next year. Yeah, because you love Kofers. We they, had a really rough time this year. Everything that could have gone wrong with our tree went wrong and it's still leaning and I'm not very confident that it's gonna stay upright. We were gone a week and it didn't fall. I think it's great. But so babe it keeps tilting more. It started it's not tilting more, you're imagining it. When we got <laughs> I don't I'm not trying to gaslight you on our Christmas tree. I just really do think that if it no, was gonna I, fall, it was gonna fall already. I know. And every time I put water in it I'm just like, please don't please don't die. But also we put all the heavy ornaments on one side and I'm like, wow, that's how you know something's wrong. Well, the the first way we went wrong is we pulled up to one that uh, said it was open, and it was literally just someone's backyard. Yeah, we didn't even drive all the way back. We pulled into their driveway, and we were like, "Nope, this, this is, doesn't feel this right." This is definitely a horror movie where they lure you in with Christmas trees, and then they like beat you over the head with mistletoe. That's like the Christmas horror movie vibe that is, for sure that we definitely. When did had. you come up with movie ideas? This should go on your list. This is definitely... Uh, your uh, COVID... Follow la 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 la, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. Um, so the <laughs> we left there and we went to this other Christmas tree farm. This one was an actual Christmas tree farm, not just Nana's backyard. <laughs> Here's the thing. It was like further away than we expected. So before we went to the first Christmas tree farm, we were like, let's get some like holiday drinks from Starbucks. Let's like make this a day. And by the time we got to the farm, it, we like, were totally we already, out of drink. Yeah, yeah. we... It already ran out of drink. I had to go to the bathroom super bad, so I had to use a porta potty. But it, but I just had to go so bad. I was so frustrated that I had to do that. Well, and then we get and then we in the middle of COVID. They they say, like, oh, if you want the regular like the pretty trees, you go to the right. If you want the smell good trees, you go to the left. Why didn't we go pretty? We should have gone pretty. Here, can I be honest with you? You had never been before, so I wanted you to make all the decisions so that you could feel like you were really a part of it. Yeah. And, like, if I'm being totally honest, like, I kind of regret not stepping in and just, like, kind of taking charge of her a few things. Yeah, because you have hindsight now. Yeah. You couldn't have known we were both going to be allergic to the tree. You weren't going to know that, oh, I don't really like the way Christmas trees smell. Well, no, I like... Yeah, I know it's got a weird sap smell because we had to saw off part of the trunk when we well, got and here. And it fell over in our floor. It's in our carpet now because no, it and, fell over so many times. And noodles started eating the needles. and Yeah, and now she's farting the same, but same soon, smell. And it's just, as, what are you going to do? But as soon as you... It smells like a combination of maple syrup and evergreen, and that's not necessarily blending well right now. Uh, but honestly, babe, I got out of the porta party and you said, babe, the smell good ones are over here. And I said, cool. You And I, in my head, I was like, I want to get the other ones because they're cuter. But you just had stars in your eyes for those air freshener trees. Well, you, you often tell me yeah. sometimes you just don't want to make the decision. Yeah. And I honored that by going, okay, then and, let's get a smell good one. And then you cut when a I tree think, that was crooked. <laughs> no, that is not fair. 
because the trunk was crooked and we didn't realize that until it came to the apartment. And we also realized how important that is for joy in putting it up. Um, it took us way too long to do it. And I have friends that can put up a tree by themselves. So I felt very embarrassed whenever it took us a cool five hours to figure it out. And no, it, it took us way longer than that. It took me three trips to Target. It took, uh, I don't know, we four, broke our stand four bottles year. of calamine lotion to get all the, <laughs> we don't know. the rash off. Yeah, and another thing is, like, when we were on the farm, like, we were so, like, starry-eyed. It was weird. Like, no other customers but us were on were on that side of the farm. Because everybody wants the, the same I trees. I know, and we but should have done that because this one's going to just, like, leak everywhere. Well, that's part of the joy of getting a real tree. I know, but here's the thing. I was like... Is that it smells good. I know. And it was so, like, jolly, and we were like, oh, my goodness, you just cut that down like a pro. Look how good we're doing. And I was like, hey, babe, like, while you have this saw, which is ironic now, can you cut off just, like, a little bit of a nub of the trunk so that I can make an ornament out of it to remember this, like, our first tree on a farm together? And you're like, yeah, for sure. And then what's ironic is that we had to get home. We did not have the saw. You had this weird blade thing, and it took you 30 minutes to saw off the actual part that needed chopping off. (gasps) Had I not asked for the ornament, do you think it would have worked? Uh... Let's say yes, so that way it'll be your fault and not 100%. mine. 100%. I love that. 100%. I love that. Um, also, put all the lights on and a string of lights went dead whenever I plugged them in. I just So our tree is not very lit, which makes me irritated. Well, I got to tell you, 2020 will not get the best of us. I am reeking with Christmas cheer. I need to just go ahead and buy another box of lights. I'm like really stingy when it comes to decorations because you don't use them all the time it's true and i'm just i'm very stingy but i hung up some tacky stuff this year it's true paper stockings that look ridiculous because i just thought the kit was cute a few years ago and i cut out snowflakes and they're dangling from the ceiling in un in uniform ununiform patterns across the living room it's all true and i don't even care (sighs) <sighs> okay, well, tell me what you're into this week. What, yeah, let's seriously. end on something more. Up, let's end on something a little bit more upbeat because we've been a little fussy. We um we had, we just babe we had a very emotional week. I also got in a fight with my mom. You did. I remember that. I was there for that. I cried a lot. I'm in a weird. My mental state is not good right now. We don't have hot water. We don't have hot water. I know. Come on. Come on. Um, do you want to talk about your mental state or do you want to just leave it at that? I mean, what do you need to know? I know everything, but I know that you have been feeling more depression than you have felt in years. Yeah. I think a lot of that, if I had to guess, I'm not a, a licensed therapist by any means, but if I had to guess, I would say it's a lot brought on by the year we've had and a lot of it's brought on by... Um, just things not working out the way we kind of hoped they would in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, and you know what's crazy is, like, everything, like, I've, like, prayed for and, like, worked towards this year, we've kind of gotten. Yeah. And, you know, it goes to show that, like, when you get everything that you want, it that doesn't solve your problems, right? Yeah. Which I, is, which is, everyone knows that, but when it happens to you, it's just, like, hard. Because I... I think the downtime is what's happening to me. Oh, my gosh. Maybe, How can you not? I honestly don't know. Like, I, and I'm fine talking about it whenever I get the results, but like, I had some 
I'll find out hopefully within the next week or two, like some test results of kind of just like what's going on with me right now. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not doing great. You're definitely more blue than I've seen you since college. Yeah. Like yeah. this summer after. Yeah. Because summer after college is like the worst summer ever. And uh, you took it really hard as it, like you probably like should, you know, it's because it's a hard season, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that it is this year. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in what we're going to say about COVID-19 from five years from now. Mm-hmm. But like, I would be more surprised if you were just like freaking chilling right now. If you're just like, nah, I don't hope it never goes, but like, there's yeah. so much of the world that we just don't get to do anymore. Well, and the college parallel made sense to me just now because when I graduated, suddenly I had, I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And you know, that was like a huge chunk of my life. Like I was in school for five years and like now you and I did some serious touring. Serious touring. And shows for like, what like that was, I guess, another five year chunk of my life. And then all of a sudden it just came to a halt. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it is just the not being super busy. So I'm just having to like sit with that, but yeah, I, it's not I'm even getting... super busy. It's like freakishly not busy. Yeah. It's it. And like it went from we're super busy to, Oh, we're like regular busy yeah. to, Oh my gosh, we have been home for six months. Yeah. Well, so I'm getting, and you know this, like I got my hormones tested and I'll find out soon. Do you have and any idea? I soon? also got, no, I hope within the next week, but the Thanksgiving holiday probably put it behind. I'll probably talk about it after my consultation too. And then I'm also getting blood work tomorrow, but that's just like a general health thing. For the first time though, I'm getting my neurotransmitters tested. What the heck? I think we should spend an episode kind of talking about hormone health because you know how much I believe in that I, I do I, it would be better I think if we did it after you got your results that's what I said no no, no. yeah no, no. sorry let me go a little bit further because I would want to know as a as someone who has no idea yeah when, I would want to know from my perspective of someone that has seen you like very depressed to go oh here is why some of those things may be happening mm-hmm. based on this this and this or whatever yeah and I even have like a form that's really helpful that says if you're like deficient in these or if you're have too much of this, this is what could be happening to you. Yeah. Like in an emotional level. Yeah. And I kind of want to like read that and then go through the results. I'm fine with airing that. <laughs> no, no, I think, I <laughs> think it would weird. be helpful. Well, because I think a lot of people don't talk about it and I think it's something that we need to be more educated in. And I'm, and I'm not claiming to be an educator in this, but I do I think have more experience in it than the average person because yeah, not many I've people. I've never even heard of it. Not many people deal with it. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll share. That'll be. I'll hope you get those results this week. That'd be really helpful. That would be cool because I'm, and you know how much I hate the doctor. Yeah. And also, I hate. Uh, I have to go to the. I have to get blood work done tomorrow, and then I'm also in the knee deep in picking our health insurance for next year. And y'all, everyone knows how much the dental stuff has been weighing on me. So that's just kind of like in the back of my mind. But Well, I think, I think next week we'll have a lot more to kind of pull apart with that. I kind of wish we would have just talked about that this week, but it'd be better if we waited to, to have the full picture so we could, you know, 
because it's been a it's been such a heavy week. Yeah. And I would love to look at some answers to see like, oh, maybe this could help, you know. Me too. So Me too. let's plan on that next week. And if you get your results. If I get them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So I would say the thing that I'm into this week, because I like to end on something a little bit positive. Um, <laughs> and going back to dressing up this studio more, I've been building sound panels. And that has been giving me a lot of joy. You're freaking doing it, babe. I know. I'm it, so proud of you. It's been, it's been really fun to kind of uh, feel like a woodworker guy and uh, get these sound panels. Because sound panels are really expensive for what they are. And they really are. They yeah. really are. Like, but it looks like you're making legit ones. Yeah, I want to make legit ones because I want them to last, mm-hmm. and because I want to, uh, I want to make this a room that I feel creative and I feel inspired in, and I also want when someone goes, "Oh, when are you going to the studio?" to be like, "Why would I? I have, I have a studio, you I know? Have one. Yeah. Like that's the feeling I want." Yeah. So. Um, also the other thing, sorry. Um, I got, this is for gearheads that listen to this podcast. Maybe I got a Neumann KM184. Is that really how you say it? Yeah. It's a Neumann. Neumann. Uh, it is a, uh, small frame condenser hey, babe, microphone. Can you pass me the Neumann? Can you pass me the Neumann? Uh, what do you use on your violin? A Neumann? A Neumann. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> why are you like totally burning me hey, right now? Neumann. Uh, so that is something that I'm super into right now. So would you um, like to end on something you're super into? Sure, Jeremiah. Thank you for asking. Go ahead. Um, I did that one on purpose. Uh, I know. I got, I had a, blah, 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 blah. I finally got back into running. Yeah, you're about to go for a run now. And I look forward to it. That's good. And I'm happy about it. Okay. Me and my sister went on a run together whenever we were home. And it was so cool because I think one time I talked on the podcast how I borrowed my mom's bike. And I, like, my parents are divorced, but they live literally, like, fields apart from each other, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And my dad has, a, my dad and my mom have a lot of land. And their land is kind of, like, in between each other. Yeah. And if I literally want to just hop over and see my grandmother and my dad, I just have to walk, ride a bike, or ride a golf cart over if I wanted to. And me and Alex went on a run, and we went from my mom's house through the fields past my dad's house to the edge of the Christmas tree farm and back. Yeah. And we talked the whole way. And you know I don't talk when I run. I do know. We talked the whole way. We stayed at a steady pace. It helps because she's short, so my strides were whatever. (laughs) Take that, Alex. (laughs) Yeah. But it was like, and we bonded. Yeah. We connected on everything. And it was like, she also, now I'm thinking about it, I think she had a podcast going in her ears the whole time. Hmm. She focused really well. Yeah. Uh, but it was just so nice. And it, you do you do a funny thing with running that you do two funny things with me. And it's gonna sound like I may be picking fun at you, but I'm not. Uh, I re- I genuinely think like, this is I cute. I know I don't look cute when I run. Like I've seen myself in a hotel. I'm not mirror. about to pick on you but for the how you run. I mean, I've seen it though. Because no. like, you know, whenever you work out at a hotel and then you're like, oh, there's mirrors everywhere. So you look to the left and you're like, what the flip do I look like? No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I mean, you do two things. Before your run, that is so cute to me. One of the things you do, it's one or the other. You go, I'm just going to (laughs) walk. And then I look out the window and you were like sprinting like a mad woman. Just like, and I'm like, why does she do that? I don't like pressure. I know. And the uh, going back to you don't like pressure. So I'm probably just going to go for a walk today. Alex will go. Alex, your sister was like, hey, do you want to go on a run tomorrow? And you're like, I don't know. I'll see how I feel. No one talk to me. And then whenever they were like going for a run, you're like, oh my God, I would love that. I just went three miles. Yeah. yeah. But for some reason, you have to be like, you have to trick yourself into wanting to do it or. Into thinking it's casual. Cause like we literally did like a 5K and I was like, oh, 
That's cool. Yeah. Because I haven't really been running a ton lately. And I know that's like a 5K is like nothing to some people, but that's my baseline. If I can, because I don't think I'll, I don't, I could change my mind. This is probably me just like not pressuring myself, but I don't think I'll ever do a half marathon again. It's so funny. I've heard you so many times go, I think I want to run a half marathon again. (laughs) (laughs) But my baseline is if I can like always do a 5K, then I feel healthy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love you. I look forward to next week and, um, you know, unpacking all that stuff that we talked about. Well, if I, I hope so. I hope so too. If not the next week. It might be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We're going to unpack it at some point though. Mm -hmm. I love you. I love you.